Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have John Schumann's annual GM survey from NBA.com to cover. Uh, this is sort of the last uh, rankings, or this is less of a ranking, it's a survey, not a ranking, but it's one of the last uh, kind of preseason tune-ups uh, of the year that's that's pretty popular, along with Sports Illustrated's Top 100 that we discussed a couple weeks back. We do also have some preseason action to get to. Um, I'm not sure if I'd say I'm bearing the lead with starting with the GM survey, but um, of course, uh, there's not much to read into with preseason basketball. It is fun to be able to tune into NBA action again. Uh, not to minimize that, um, but so far, as of 2.12 p.m. Uh, Sunday, October 10th, because um, we have a game this evening at 6.30 against the Thunder at Spicer. Um, I'm saying that because up to this point, we haven't, we've yet to see Drew Holiday, uh, Chris Middleton, or Giannis Antetokounmpo in game action. We also only got uh, three quarters of, of Brooke Lopez and Grayson Allen. Uh, no Bobby Portis, no Dante DiVincenzo, obviously. Um, so yeah, not a ton to read into there, but there was quite some fun. But before then, let's get into uh, John Schumann's uh, GM survey from NBA.com. Uh, to start off the predictions, um, naturally, the 2022 projected NBA champions are highlighted by the Brooklyn Nets, leading with 72% odds. Uh, quite hefty, but 9% less than the Lakers last year. Um, remember that we still, uh, a year ago today, we had still yet to see uh, Kevin Durant since he, um, yeah, the last time we saw Kevin Durant a year ago is when he was still uh, on the Warriors the year prior. So uh, that's why the Lakers were probably so heavily fav- so heavily favored at the time. And of course, the Bucks, um, now reigning NBA champions, had yet to uh, go get over the hump there and had a couple uh, playoff meltdowns. But this is a new year. The Bucks fall in. With the third best odds, according to the general managers, at 10%. Uh, you know, I could definitely um, imagine that there are some hard feelings there if anyone actually decides to put any weight into this. Then the number two team is the uh, Los Angeles Lakers with 17%. Um, however, I would say overall, this survey is. Um, Sort of a testament to how great the Bucks are in general. Mainly Giannis. Giannis is highlighted, and I'd say at least like three 
the Bucks in general are mentioned at least three quarters of the times um, in each of these questions in the survey. We'll get into a litany of them, but of of the questions that the Bucks are mentioned in, Giannis is uh, at least uh, in half of them. So without further ado, the MVP odds, according to the general managers, have Kevin Durant leading the way at 37%, then Luka Doncic second with 33%, and Giannis at 13%. Um, last year, Giannis was the uh, favorite at 32%, which I'm going back to the website right now because that, um, to the listener, might sound backwards as it does to me, given that, uh, given the Bucks' playoff collapse, and it was um, pretty much consensus that Giannis uh, could not win an MVP last year since there was so much doubt around him. And of course, voter fatigue. Uh, however, I can confirm on NBA.com now, Giannis led the way last year with uh, 32%. Uh, yeah, and then Luka Doncic was second with 21%. And LeBron and AD were tied at third with 18% each. And Kevin Durant was fifth with 7%, and the eventual MVP, Nikola Jokic, was at 4%. And the year prior, Giannis was also the favorite with 52%. Um, yeah, again, we don't have to put a ton of weight into this, but I think it's interesting. And um, yeah, may- maybe this just this just speaks to that general managers don't uh, really have the same inclination that you and I might to listen to the talking heads. But um, I was listening to... Uh, the Ringer NBA this week, they had been doing sort of a preseason power rankings. I think it's a four-part series. And the third part, they were discussing the Mavericks, which of course got into Luka Doncic's MVP odds. He is, he is what I would say the trendy pick uh, this year, including last year, since he's talent-wise totally at that level. And is, um, Well, yeah, I guess you could also mention Joel Embiid there as far as a young guy who hasn't quite won it but Luca's the Luca's the uh latest to the conversation and he definitely has the talent to belong there but essentially the ringer seemed to really like Giannis's odds because we had a year off from Giannis MVP to alleviate some of the voter fatigue but more importantly the Bucks won the championship so now there is um, less doubt than before um, in terms of whether or not Giannis deserves the award, whether whether it be regular season, based on regular season results. Um, and of course, Kevin Durant plays next to James Harden, who is tied with Joel Embiid actually at fourth with 7%. And uh, yeah, it's just exponentially more difficult to win an MVP next to a guy who is also at that same level. Um, yeah, but... Lastly, six best odds for MVP this year are is uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry with three percent. Um, another long shot, but he definitely has the better odds compared to Luka Doncic. In in my mind, at actually getting his team to a top three seed, um, which is pretty much a requirement, unless uh, excluding Russell Westbrook's MVP the year that he had first averaged a triple double uh, after. Uh, the Big O was previously 
the last to do it in the 60s, I believe, 50s or 60s. Um, anyhow, next on the docket is uh, whom you'd like to start a franchise with. Uh, at the top of the board is Luka Doncic at 43%. Uh, last year, he and Giannis were tied at that same percentage, 43%. But this year, Giannis is at 40%. So maybe just lost a single vote there uh, behind Luka. Um Seems, seems a little odd that Giannis would drop ever so slightly in this category after winning the championship, but I think people already, obviously he was already um, finals MVP caliber guy before then, and yeah, like I said, he basically lost one vote, so no hard feelings there. Um Ranking individuals who force the opposition to make the most adjustments uh, in order. Um, Steph Curry forces uh, the opponent into more adjustments than anyone else, followed by Kevin Durant and LeBron James, James Harden. Finally, Giannis Antetokounmpo coming in at fifth for causing the most adjustments. And then the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, uh, behind uh, Giannis for sixth most uh, adjustments uh, caused. Um, just wanted to touch on the MVP discussion before you'll notice that um, Nikola Jokic uh, did not uh, even come into fall into the top six for MVP odds this year. Um, now I'm not saying this is this is actually my opinion, but I've heard, um, I've heard kind of the attitude that Nikola Jokic might have been a weaker MVP compared to MVPs past. So, to predict him to win back-to-back MVPs, I think, is a little far-fetched for most of the voters. And uh, this is this is sort of an argument for the GMs actually listening to media narratives, uh, unlike a question prior, but. Um, NBA.com's uh, GM survey also gets into the best players by position. There were no Bucks, uh, no Drew Holiday, nor Chris Middleton who came in for, well, I'll bite my tongue there a bit, but no Buck came on the shortlist for best point guard or shooting guard. However, for best small forward, uh, the ranking is as follows. Number one, Kevin Durant for 60%. Um, Voters choosing him as the best small forward in the league, followed by LeBron at 17% and Kawhi third with 7%. Also receiving votes uh, includes Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, and finally Chris Middleton, which I believe is a reach and I've heard other analysts sort of laugh at that. But maybe this is our first hint of, uh, of added respect given to Chris Middleton for all the years that Many suggested he couldn't be a number one two on a title team, and he has um, fulfilled his own prophecy along with Brandon Jennings' Bucks and Sick prophecy. Now the best uh, power forward in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one. 63% of general managers say Giannis is best power forward in the game, followed by LeBron at 27% and KD at 10%. Giannis also... Um, was included in the rankings for best center in the league. Uh, 
starting with Nikola Jokic at 63% as well, then Embiid, number two at 23%, and then Giannis and AD were ranked as the third best center in the league, tied at 7%. So there you go. Plenty of love for Giannis, including this one. This is a funny one um, in my in my mind. For best international player, Giannis took home uh, 6%. Excuse me, 60% of the vote for best international player. And then Luka Doncic was second, receiving only 27% of the vote. Um, and Jokic falling in at third with 13%. Um, this, this is just funny to me because Luka was a smidge ahead of Giannis in the two prior votes for MVP and whom you'd like to start a franchise with. Um, so I would have, I would have guessed that this would be closer. Um, yeah, my first thought was, did people, did people forget that Luka Doncic is Slovenian since he's newer to the league? I don't think that's the case. I think this is more so just saying that, uh, right here, right now today, Giannis is better than Luka Doncic. He, um, presented plenty of evidence, uh, for that, uh, in this past title run. Um, obviously no disrespect to Luca, but Giannis at only 26 years old now, even though he's quite young. Um, I believe Luca, he must have at least four years on Luca. If memory serves me right, that's a total guess. Honestly, I can try to search that now. Uh, yeah. Luca's 22 years old to Giannis is, uh, 26. And also there's the thought that individuals who rely more on athleticism, such as Giannis, um, may not have quite as long of a peak as as more skilled players, such as uh, Luka. So that's the case for Luka over Giannis, at whom you'd want to start a franchise with. And then MVP is, um, I would say, Luka over Giannis is solely um, narrative-based. Although Giannis is, or excuse me, Luca is very much deserved. Um, and then we get into a bunch of um, defensive topics, which shows a ton of love for Giannis, uh, but also Drew Holiday. Starting off with best defensive player, best defensive player in the league, uh, Giannis came in at first with forty-seven percent of the vote, thirty percent more uh, votes than Rudy Gobert the reigning defensive player of the year at 17%. And then Drew was tied with Chris for um, third best defensive player in the league at 10%, uh, followed by Simmons at the fifth spot with 7%. And Drew was also uh, given the title of best perimeter defender ahead of Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Kawhi Leonard, both tied at third. And then Giannis was... Uh, ranked as the fifth best perimeter defender in the NBA. Uh, yeah, in that order, Drew, Simmons, Jimmy and Kawhi, and Giannis. For best interior defender, uh, Rudy Gobert took this one in a landslide over Giannis. Rudy was first at 77%. Giannis was second at 13%. And Anthony Davis was third at 10%. Um, but Giannis also won the most versatile defender award 
uh, taking first place there with 40%, followed by Simmons uh, at second place with 27%, then LeBron was third at 10%. Uh, the Bucks as a whole were um, given the title of best defensive team, um, winning it with 40%, followed by the Jazz at 33%, then the Lakers at 10%, and the Heat at 7%. After the defensive awards, um, there were several different uh, questions regarding coaches and even though Bud has been quite a controversial figure, um, as Brian Winhurst would say, uh, winning a championship means you don't have to apologize for anything. So no more apologists necessary for Mike Boonholzer, who falls in for fifth best coach in the NBA. Um, this is led by Spo um, being considered the best NBA coach with 55% of the vote. Then Monty Williams at 17%. Then Quinn Snyder at 14%. Greg Popovich was fourth at 10%. And then Bud at fifth with 3%. Um, this next one I found quite amusing because it uh, asks who the best uh, coach is at in-game adjustments. An area that uh, Bud has uh, been long criticized for. Um, and... Bud did not fall within the top five here, but he did receive uh, some votes. The top five for best um, in-game adjustments were uh, Ty Lue in first with 37%, Rick Carlisle second with 27%, Spo at third with 10%, and Nick Nurse and Quinn Snyder were tied for fourth with 7% of the vote for best in-game adjustment. Then Bud ranked pretty high for the best offensive and defensive schemes. Um, he was ranked third for best offensive coach and then second for best defensive coach. On the offensive side of the ball, um, the ranking was as follows with Quinn Snyder at number one at 27%. Steve Kerr at... at um, the two spot with 23%, Bud in third with 17%, Steve Nash at fourth with 10%, and Spo and Monty Williams were tied at fifth with 7%. On the defensive end, Tom Thibodeau was ranked uh, as the best defensive coach with 30, 37%. Bud came in at second with 17%. Quinn Snyder was in third with 13%. Frank Vogel was in fourth with 10%. Then Nick Nurse and Spo were tied uh, the fifth spot with 7%. Um, for best assistant coach, um, the Bucks were one of maybe two teams tops who had two assistants receiving uh, any amount of votes for the best assistant. Um, including Darvin Ham being tied with Kenny Atkinson for uh, the best assistant coach in the NBA. Uh, Scott Brooks came in at third, and he was tied there with David Vanderpool and Nate Tibbetts of the Orlando Magic came in as the fifth best assistant coach. And Charles Lee also received votes along with Darvin Ham. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks franchise received votes for the best home court advantage in the league. However, they didn't make 
the top four, including uh, the Utah Jazz having the best home court advantage with 47%, then the Denver Nuggets with 20%. Obviously, altitude plays a huge factor for both of those teams, followed by the Knicks at third with 10%, then the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Giannis was uh, given... uh, Second place in terms of the most athletic player in the league. Who else but Zion Williamson could uh, come in at first with 27%. Giannis had 20% of the vote. Anthony Edwards had 17% of the vote for third place. Zach Levine was in fourth with 13%. Then John Morant uh, received 10% of the vote for uh, the best athlete. Um, When asked about who the best leader in the NBA is, Giannis came in at fourth with 10%. Um, Chris Paul led it with 43% of the vote for best leader, um, followed by LeBron James at second with 20, 20%. No surprise there. Damian Lillard was ranked third. And finally, Giannis was fourth with 10% of the vote, which is, I wouldn't say a surprise, but... Um, it does uh, speak very glowingly about Giannis and um, how he leads. I would say many would would say that he does so more so by by example. Many would argue that that that's well deserved, and he's one of the best in the league at that. Lastly, finally, here at the end in um, NBA.com's uh, GM survey, um, the title of most versatile player. Um, can probably guess who won it. It was not Giannis who came in second with 17% of the vote. However, LeBron James uh, was considered the most versatile player in the league um, by 57% of general managers um, surveyed by NBA.com. Kevin Durant came in at third with 13% of the vote. And then Luka Doncic and Kawhi Leonard were tied at uh, fourth with seven percent of the vote all right without further ado um i did mention that we had nba basketball back finally this week um including your milwaukee bucks who would lose to the memphis grizzlies in three quarters that's right only three of four quarters played due to a fire alarm issue at uh the fedex forum um but uh Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bobby Portis were among those who did not play in this game. So, uh, no harm done. Um, Both of the preseason games played so far against the Grizzlies and the Nets had most of uh, their uh, presumptive uh, regular season uh, lineup active so that's that's another huge reason for why we're not going to overreact preseason um so yeah the buck starters in this game were george hill grayson allen jordan Nawara, thanasa sanadokumpo and brooke lopez our iron man on the other side of the ball the memphis grizzlies started john morant d'anthony melton desmond bain jaron jackson Jim, and their latest addition stephen adams in for Jonas valanciunas last year it started off a little ugly to begin with. Um, started off um, up eleven to zero. They also hit their first, excuse me, four three-point attempts. 
Um, there were two of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s highlight blocks uh, in the early goings. But yeah, I thought Jaron was exceptional in this one, particularly on the defensive end, um, which is what he was advertised as uh, coming into the league. But he showed a lot more um, on offense um, so far compared to what others would have expected. Uh, Jaron already being um, one of the more accomplished uh, shooting big men uh, ever at such a young age. However, he's been plagued with injuries, so that's why um, people think this is such a big season for Jaron. He's due for an extension, and if he were healthy, there'd be a case for him being a being a, a max caliber player, but the health is plenty of reason um, to have pause. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was just granted a max contract, for example, but well, he's had even worse injury trouble, but he essentially has um, an entire final season um, not guaranteed. Um, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. could make, I believe, as much as $200 million uh, by the end of his contract, but only 140 something of that is guaranteed. So quite a disparity there. Jaron um, could be looking at a similar sort of structure. I would say Jaron's contract will be less extreme than Michael Porter Jr.'s in uh, multiple respects. One, I don't think Jaron will get as, get as much money um, just mainly due to um, yeah, Michael Porter Jr. just having more production at this point. But also, it's pretty safe to say that Jaron Jackson Jr.'s next contract will be um, will have a higher percent guaranteed as opposed to Porter Jr.'s because besides Embiid's contract, um, there's not much of a precedent. The disparity in uh, potential earnings and guaranteed earnings uh, for such a large contract. Um but yeah, I really liked what I saw from Jaron Jackson Jr., um, even though it was, after all, against our reserves mostly. Um, I thought Justin Robinson was really impressive. He hit his first two three-point attempts. Um, he's one of the guys that that I was most concerned with at this point because he's the one theoretically fighting for an unlikely 15th uh, roster spot. Um, Pat Connaughton also was pretty aggressive as necessary, uh, getting to the basket twice early um, since we are asking more from him uh, to show more than his usual uh, strictly uh, spot-up three in perimeter defensive role. Uh, after the first quarter, the Grizzlies led 23-35 to 35 already, uh, Justin Robinson led the Bucks with six points from those two threes and three assists to John Morant's nine points and two rebounds. Uh, there's a beautiful play uh, by our young Bucks here where um, the nasty was, um, was the screener in a pick and roll and he passed out of the short roll. And then I believe all five, five Bucks touched the ball on that possession, which uh, eventually led to an open the nasty dunk. Um, our rookie, our rookie and sophomore, um, Sandro Mamukelishvili and Jordan Nawara had a couple um, 
interesting contorting finishes. And I also thought Ja and Steven Adams uh, were already displaying um, some pick and roll chemistry, but it figured to be quite seamless um, with Ja Morant's passing instincts and Steven Adams being an absolute mountain of a man and being able to uh, set a screen from here to Timbuktu. Um, but Adams does not project to be the same. Um, yeah, he's just not as effective uh, of a scorer as uh, Jonas Valanciunas was for the Grizzlies, so they'll lose that, but gain a little more on the defensive end with Adams. Halftime, the Grizzlies still led 47-55. to 55. Uh, Jordan Wara had uh, 10 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists, and John Morant had... Uh, gotten 15 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. Pat Connaughton started the second half in place of the NASA Santa de Kumpo. Uh I feared it might have been due to injury, but it was simply just, um, I suppose, trying out a different lineup, which is pretty much the goal of the preseason. Um, in both of these preseason games, from what I saw, um, I'll admit I only really watched the highlights of the of that Bucks Nets game Friday, but it seemed like the third quarter was um, was the biggest show both nights. Uh, yeah. John Morant had at least two thunderous dunks in the third quarter. One, the first being uh, an uncontested dunk after Jordan Awara and George Hill blew a two-on-one fast break. Um, which I think it was really like like three dunks for Ja in the third quarter. After he got another steal and slam, um, Brooke would would follow that up with a wide open uh, jam of his own. But um, then Ja and Stephen Adams would also um, would also uh, uh, show some slam dunks of their own. Uh, so yeah, pretty much just a dunk contest in the third quarter um, until uh, Justin Robinson and Jaron Jackson Jr. would both hit big threes for their squads to close the third quarter um which inevitably was the end of the game (laughs) due to that fire alarm issue uh noara closed it with 16 points four rebounds three assists and john morant um climbed all the way to 27 points six rebounds and four assists in three quarters but uh yeah the story the story of the game here is simply just the fact that it was called after three quarters uh, for goofy circumstances and also uh, and also the clips of Chris and Drew Holiday leaving with um, enormous uh, catering like buffet sized uh, containers of some lemon peppered wings and barbecue, whatever it may have been, um, which is what one ought to do when they're in Memphis and uh it's still the preseason, so you can still kind of ride ride the coattails of the NBA champion championship success, um, which Chris Middleton did so as well um, yesterday evening, uh, Saturday, October 9th, when his alma mater, uh, Texas A&M, took down the mighty college football powerhouse uh, Alabama um, Crimson Tide 41-38. to where Chris brought Larry O'Brien as well as other teammates uh, as his, yeah, Aggies pulled off a 
a huge upset. And you can call that the magic of the Larry O'Brien. However, we do have another game to get to against, uh, you know, just just some some other guys. Um, no big names or anything, but the Bucks bench squad, um, uh, led by Jordan Awara, dropping thirty points. Um, Fortunately, fell to Kevin Durant and James Harden, uh, one fifteen to one nineteen. But um, for just being able to watch the highlights of this game, I had a blast watching uh, Noara and Sandro uh, play against the best competition that they've probably played against in their lives, and really show up. Um, I wasn't able to actually watch this one because I. Had a ball celebrating my buddy uh, Andy's birthday Friday evening. Um, this also happened to be Grayson Allen's birthday. Uh, Grayson turning 26, a year older exactly than our guy Andy uh, on Friday, October 8th. Um, so it's preseason. So I still have my priorities, but um, yeah, I think even if you did watch this game, it would be worthwhile to check out the highlights because. It's quite fun, including uh, Georges Kelitsakis uh, blocking James Harden, leading to a Noara three, and then another possession down Jordan Noara and uh, Sandro Mamou Kelashvili um, ran a pick and roll together, in which uh, Sandro dunked all over Joe Harris. Um, you know, as if Joe Harris didn't have uh, a bad enough time against the Bucks in the playoffs now. Now, Sandro's baptizing him in a preseason game. So, yeah, Joe is probably not too excited to um, be at Fiserv for the ring ceremony um, a couple Tuesdays from now. But I believe Joe did have a have a pretty good game for the Nets here, leading, leading them and scoring at half with 12 points. And he got plenty of open threes with, with our uh, young guys... Uh, defensive lapses to be expected but still more flashes on the offensive end with Mamo showing some fancy footwork and then knocking down uh, a fallaway jumper in the post and then shortly after he also sunk a uh, spot up three um that'll obviously be particularly important for Mamo considering he gives up a lot on the defensive end um but it's only up from here in that regard for Mamu. Um, I did think, in looking back on some of the highlights, that that the Bucks really gave up a lot of easy possessions. Um, maybe not only as a result of um, inexperience, but also size and athleticism. Um, Sandro as our five, as well as Javin, our um, our training camp invite, and then playing. Um, playing um, a lot of guys who could also play small forward at the power forward position. But the Bucks did end up winning the rebound battle after all, uh, 49 to 37. And a lot of the other um, final stats on this one were, were pretty tight. Um, Noara displayed an ability to um, gain the necessary separation um, against the Nets, hitting, um, you know, going behind the back. Be- going behind the back and then uh, stepping back for three over Patty Mills. Um, yeah, I mentioned how 
this probably wasn't the Bucks' best defensive night. Um, however, they did show they did show a willingness to compete and rotate on defense. Unfortunately, um, on one of these possessions where where the Bucks had multiple um, solid closeouts and a roll against against the Nets. Um, the Nets just continued to pass it around the horn, have a, have every guy touch it, and it led to Bruce Brown uh, with a with a pretty good look right underneath the cup. Um, but then Tremont Waters would also uh, throw an underhand lob to the nasty cutting cutting from the baseline to um, make up for any embarrassment on a previous defensive possession. Uh, I saw a couple clips of Tremont Waters sinking some. Pretty deep threes, which is um, which is uh, what's advertised for him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see Tremont showing up um, when the opportunity is presented to him. I mean, it will it still remains to be seen whether or not we will actually sign a 15th man and who that actually would be of the what like four guys fighting for that spot at this point. But uh, the Bucks led at halftime, 60 to 56. Jordan Nawara had 18 points and seven rebounds already. And uh, as I stated before, Joe Harris was uh, doing quite well hitting uh, hitting his open threes, uh, scoring uh, 12 points by halftime. Mamu would sink another turnaround jumper, um, this time over Bruce Brown. And then the Nasty would drive right past Kevin Durant, uh, for a dunk as Kevin Durant would look around at his teammates with, with his hands up, uh, wondering where the help was, but yeah, the nasty just got the best, got the best of him that time. And then, uh, the would show up again, saving an out of bounds, uh, turnover, um, tossing it to Mamu who would spin in the post and then dump it off to Nawara for, for a reverse layup. Um, then Kalitsakis would put the moves on Kevin Durant before passing out of a mid range jumper to, a wide open noir corner three. Uh, we get a couple more uh, Sandro Memo Kalashvili uh, reverse layups um, in transition. Uh, the first one around Blake Griffin um, in the series against the Bucks in the conference semifinals uh, proved to be uh, at least respectable defender. And more than that in the conference semifinals, we'll see if that holds up as the Nets will need more of that and less, um, less of the offensive skill set that he shows. They have plenty of that. Um, but yeah, I certainly won't underestimate him again in a in a more normal Bucks Nets matchup. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty much that third quarter uh, showtime that I had mentioned from the Grizzlies then the Nets game um, where our young guys were were really showing up and able to able to fill it up. Um, you know, on offense, but in contrast, they weren't really able to stop the Nets at all at all either as uh, they were getting uh, pretty open looks and the Nets would take the lead going into the fourth quarter. That's right, the Bucks would make it actually to the fourth quarter in this game, um, but it wouldn't always be pretty as James Harden crosses up uh, Justin Robinson um, and Robinson would stumble uh, to the baseline before uh, Harden would sink the open elbow jumper. Um, however, the Bucks would uh, really bounce back uh, going at LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, 
at center where Jordan Awara hit a nasty step back three over Lamar. And then it was the Elijah Bryant show as he scored on four bucks offensive possessions in short over short order a couple times over Lamar. Uh, just not being quite quick um, or vertical enough to stifle the young bucks. And uh, we get another sweet reverse uh, land from Sandro Mamukelishvili. Um, but the real nail in the coffin was uh, Cam Thomas, uh, advertised as a big sleeper in this draft for his scoring prowess. But I find it odd, just not the most fitting that he would end up on the Brooklyn Nets, who have an embarrassment of uh, firepower on offense. But um, Cam Thomas would have a pretty egregious push-off on uh, Justin Robinson the second time in the fourth quarter where uh, Robinson would would end up on his heels on the baseline. But this time, it was clearly an offensive foul on Cam, Cam Thomas, though uh, the Nets bench reacted as they should, as if it wasn't a foul. Uh, nevertheless, Cam Thomas would also drain a three uh, right in Jordan Noir's gazicked. Um, and at the end... Uh, Elijah Bryant would narrowly miss the buzzer uh, on a corner three that he'd made, but it was a four-point lead already for the Nets, so it was a little too late. But Nwara did end up with 30 points, eight rebounds, and two assists to Kevin Durant's only 18 points, six rebounds. And so, although it won't show up as a W in the preseason standings, it is just the preseason standings, and I think this was a huge win in terms of the development of our young guys, and um, yeah, instilling a bit of confidence in them. Um, still, we don't expect uh, many, if any, of those guys to play a vital role um, outside of Thanasis, Santa de Um I suppose Jordan Nwara, um certainly has the best opportunity out of all the guys that were out there, and he showed that he can score with everyone else, but... Um, even then, if we end up relying on Noara outside of games like this where, where we're resting our stars, uh, things may have taken a turn for the worst. I did see some clips recently with Noara in practice with Charles Lee. Charles Lee was mic'd up, and um, he's kind of motivating Jordan Noara um, to maybe go outside his comfort zone a little bit. Although his comfort zone may be, may be a little different for other guys, being able to score 30 points um, when given the opportunity, even if it's on 30 shots. Um, not in this one. I I would I guess that Jordan was a little more efficient in this preseason game than he was. But essentially, Charles Lee was just saying to Nawara that he, he doesn't have to necessarily um, measure his accomplishments by how many shots he made. Uh, or how many shots he missed, um, but he could also um, try to fill in more of a role and pat himself on the back for being able to find the open guy, um, grabbing grab a big rebound and throwing an outlet pass, which, um, I mean, eight rebounds, even in a game like this, is uh, pretty solid for Nwara. For a guy, I think, I, I think I've even seen him listed at like 6'7", 6'8". People have suggested that he has the size to play the four which I don't think he necessarily has to with his scoring ability. But regardless, doing the little things um, will allow Noir to 
potentially get on the court for more important minutes um, besides these. Sandro Memokelashvili also ended with uh, 20, 20 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 8 of 14 shooting, and 2 of 5 from 3. And um, Elijah Bryant off the bench, our uh, fourth quarter spark plug, ended with 21 points and 8 rebounds, 7 of 12 from the field, and uh, 3 of 5, excuse me, 3 of 4 from 3 and 4 of 5 from the line. Um, if you look at the final uh, end of game stats here, pretty crazy how similar both of the teams um, looked on paper. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing that stands out is the turnover battle. The Bucks had 18 turnovers, um, whereas the Nets had 13 turnovers, which is also uh, Bush League, but still um, with only a four-point game, a five turnover disparity is uh is major and on paper that was still a good game out of jordan wara and sandra memo kazashvili is a win for me um of course kyrie irving missed this game this is the first home game that kyrie irving has missed due to uh, new york city's vaccine mandate uh more news did come out that Kyrie will be allowed to practice at the Nets practice facility because it's a um, quote-unquote private office building, according to the athletic Sham Sharania. But still no word on uh, any future plans for Kyrie Irving uh, to receive the vaccine. Um, unfortunately, a uh, former friend or foe, uh, up to interpretation, um, of Kyrie Irving's on the Boston Celtics. Uh, Jalen Brown tested positive for the coronavirus. So that's uh, pretty big news and has um, certainly implications for uh, Eastern Conference standings just at the beginning of the year. Um, obviously nothing that will uh, project to uh, hold up Brown for... Well, it won't hold him out of... Uh, the majority of the games for for this season. Um, however, of course, uh, COVID-19 has uh, had a reputation for holding up uh, guys, at least not allowing them to be 100% uh, much longer time than their quarantine period. Um, another announcement was that um, when teams go to Toronto, um, unvaccinated players cannot uh, leave their hotel for any reason. Uh, besides team activities, and if they're caught doing so, they may face up to six months in jail or uh, and or a $750,000 fine. Uh, it might sound like a lot, but um, I think that might just show that um, um, the majority of us here um, who are vaccinated and disappointed in the actions of Kyrie Irving um, and others, to be sure, are not overreacting, and it is a serious matter, and that's why these mandates are in place to protect everybody. We did see, uh, since our last recording, uh, Andrew Wiggins went out and got vaccinated uh, after he was not granted his his uh, religious exemption uh, for not being vaccinated. Of course, he had that uh, really testy uh, interview with Golden State Media about um, 
why he had yet to be vaccinated and why he was opposed to it. His name escapes me, but a uh, very renowned uh, Timberwolves beat writer with The Athletic. Um, Many probably know the individual I'm referring to, but I don't want to risk saying his name incorrectly. He was on The Athletic NBA show um, this past week or so talking about how that was really the most animated he had seen Andrew Wiggins uh, ever um, being really worked up about why people kept asking about why he wasn't vaccinated. Um, not to make too light of the situation, but it is a little funny for uh, observers like uh, that individual from the Timberwolves beat because um, many will remember Wiggins as the number one overall pick the same year Jabari Barker. Jabari Barker. Good dog, Nick. Jabari Parker was number two. They each had really high uh, expectations, of course. Jabari has been plagued with awful injury luck, but Andrew Wiggins, not quite as much. Um, I'd say many would suggest that that what's holding him back um, may be that killer instinct um, to fulfill his potential given his athletic gifts um, or his attitude not, uh, you know, not buying into what's best for the team. Um it's in, his reputation's improved now, but in, in Minnesota, uh, people probably didn't regard him as as a great team defender or um, someone who got teammates involved enough or someone who would who'd buy into taking um, higher percentage field goals and maybe just simply a good stats, bad team guy, so to speak. It's a lot of I don't know, just basketball jargon, I know, and that, that isn't necessarily the case for Andrew Wiggins. He, he has brought a lot more, especially to a more successful Golden State team now, but maybe someone just suggests that if Wiggins were, it, were as serious about not getting the vaccine, um, if he were that serious about um, basketball early, earlier on, maybe he would have been, he's still a high-level starter the, san- the slander can stop there, as far as I'm concerned. Lastly, a uh, large bit of NBA news was Pau Gasol officially retiring from basketball after 19 NBA seasons. Uh, he will also have his number 16 jersey hanging in the rafters of Staples Center, along with some of the all-time greats. And I think that's uh, that really speaks to... Um, Powell's accomplishments more than anything, averaging 17 points, 9.2 rebounds, and 3.2 assists over those 19 seasons, um, as well as 50.7% from the field. He was a two-time champ with the Lakers, uh, the second fiddle to um, Kobe Bryant, the late great in his uh, fourth and fifth titles. Powell was a six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player, and the uh, 2001-2002 uh, Rookie of the Year. And you know, looking back at Pau Gasol, um, I found it interesting that he had never averaged uh, 21, 21 points per game. Um, his last, let's see, his first All-Star year in Memphis in 06 and then in 07 were the only two years when he averaged 20 points per game. Um, Halber from 
2002 through 2012, uh, he averaged uh, no less than 17.4 points per game. Um, he only averaged 13.7 uh, in a year where he only played 49 games with the Lakers. That was the, I believe that was the season with uh, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash when uh, when they really crumbled there. Or perhaps that was the year after. But regardless, even after that, that uh, injury-plagued year in 13 where he only averaged 13.7 points per game, um, beyond there in his last year with the Lakers and then um, his last full season with the Spurs, he were to average 14.9 points per game. Uh, nine, 9.7 rebounds and 3.1 assists. Uh, that would include two all-star games with the Bulls. And um, I guess to bring it all back to the Bucks, of course, he did play in uh, three Bucks contests when he was 38. In his age 38 season, 2019, um, he only... He played a total of 30 minutes, uh, scored a total of four points, made one three and one free throw for the Bucks. Um, so he did not do much for us there. Um, but in his previous two years um, with the Spurs, he was traded or one way or another, he was let go by the Spurs. That same year, he joined the Bucks later on. But his prior two seasons with the Spurs, he did average um, 11, 11 points per game, um, 7.9 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. So um, there was still a reasonable idea that Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol could contribute even at that age. But uh, the season before this past one... Uh, I believe he was on the Portland Trailblazers roster, but did not play at all due to a foot injury. But either way, excluding some of those um, less impressive years at the end, that's quite common, especially for a guy who plays for 19 seasons. Um, until he's 38 years old, that tends to happen. He has done plenty for the game of basketball and the NBA. Uh especially uh, international basketball. So shout out to Pau Gasol. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's worthwhile for me to get into Pau anymore. No reason to do anything but celebrate. And the fact that uh, we will be having even more uh, Bucks basketball to get to um, even later on today, um, of course, after this podcast, uh, we'll have posted um, the Bucks play the Oklahoma City Thunder for their third preseason game at Pfizer Forum. Um, I might be watching football instead of that, if I'm being honest. But hey, give me a break. It is still preseason. Um, be interesting to see who's actually active uh, for that game. But I think I think this this game, um, even if the Oklahoma City Thunder is healthy. Uh, has the potential to be more competitive, even if uh, we're led by Jordan Noir again. So we'll check in there next week. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother.
Thank you for tuning in to Knuck a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.